we have its uh, youth and young adults leader, Kirsty Skinner. So let's welcome her to the stage this morning. Hello. Done. <laughs> awesome. Um, why don't we give a hand to these guys? You can take a seat. I love being off the team. I love being on the team too and singing, but I love being off and just being able to experience it. They always do such an awesome job. Oh, awesome. I've had my iPad, my message delivered to me. <laughs> cool. Um, so I'm excited to bring you the word today. As Nathan said, it's probably, I think it's been, I don't know if 10 years, but it's like whenever we used to do youth years ago, um, I preached a couple of times there, but I'm excited and uh, what I want to speak to you today is something that, speaking to myself as well, I've learnt a lot um, in preparing this and I hope that you guys really get something out of it. We've been part, uh, talking for these past few weeks, um, maybe a couple of months even, about soul winning. What's going on there? Oh, electric shock. <laughs> That's good. And then this is how you... <laughs> but what do you mean? This is the position I need to stand in. Um, we've, been, we've been speaking... Is it, can you still hear me? I feel like it's got quieter now. Okay. Um, about soul winning. And honestly, I felt very, uh, very inadequate to speak about that because it's not really an area that I'm good at. I'm not a natural evangelist um, and I'm sure many of you can relate. So I'm hoping that's going to be a good thing. Um, you know, some people just have that natural ability. My husband comes to mind um, <laughs> and a few other, there might be some of you here, you know, you just, you just do that. You just meet the right people and you have the right conversations and you know, I've, I've, it just doesn't happen <laughs> to me. And I've always, um, I've really struggled at work. You know, there's, there are times in my life, you know, I'm not saying I've never shared the gospel with anyone or, um, you know, spoke about God or church or Jesus with anyone. But at work is an area that I've mainly struggled with it. And I feel like I always end up working with people. You know, I've had various different people come and go in my workplace, but they always seem to be people who are not interested and don't ask any questions. And I'm not naturally bold to just tell them about God anyway. And so, you know, things will happen like I'll tell them I'm going to, to Presence Conference or I'll get back from conference and they'll ask me how the weather in Sydney was. Um, not about the conference. Or they might just say, how's Sydney? And I go, yeah, it was good. And I came there with the intention, you know, I was over there and I'm like, I'm going to go back. I'm going to tell them how awesome it was and what God did. And then I get nervous and they don't ask any deeper questions, so I don't tell them. <laughs> um, you know, so I just avoid mentioning things. After a while, it kind of gets into this, like, I just don't say anything about it. And I let my own insecurities or worries about what people will think and the fact that they'll misunderstand or that they just don't get it. You know, I, I, I worry that they're going to say, oh, what, do you, what, what, are you go, what are you doing tonight on a Wednesday? And I'll be like, oh, I'm going to a prayer meeting. And then I think they're going to be like, they conjure up this idea of something that it isn't and I want to tell them how awesome it is. And, but I just don't know how to explain to them and get them to understand what, um, what it really means and how cool it is. I just, in my mind, I think they just have the complete wrong idea. Perhaps they do, perhaps they don't, but... You know, it's something that I've always wanted to change, to be, to be different in this area. And I've come to realise that it's not all up to me trying to be different. The Holy Spirit has a major role to play in how he works, uh, in how um, 
and yeah. Uh, that's not what I'm trying to say. Um, how <laughs> he plays a major role in working within us and in others. So if this is something that you struggle with too, then I really want to encourage you and help you with this message today. So let's pray. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are here. Thank you for your power and your boldness that you bring to us. Use me today to speak your word, to speak to us today, to come fill us today. Change our hearts. Thank you, God. Amen. So I want to take a look at um, Acts 1 verse 8, but we're going to look at a, a broader picture around that just to get some context. So Acts 1 verse 6 to 9. Um, I've got that on the screen. Awesome. So verse 6 says, So the apostles were with Jesus. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. After saying this, he was taken into a cloud while they were watching, and they could no longer see him. So this as you hear by that last verse, is right before Jesus ascends to heaven. So he's died, he's risen again, he was spending time with his disciples and he wanted to make sure that they stuck around and received the Holy Spirit once he was gone. So they were distracted, they kept on asking him, you know, they wanted to know when God's kingdom was going to come the way that they were expecting it to. And Jesus dismissed them and told them that's not for them to know, um, but he reminded them of what they do need to know and do. The promise of the Holy Spirit and to be a witness was the last thing that he talked about. So Acts 1 verse 4 to 5, so just before this, it, he also, it also says, once, once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he, has, he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. He did not want them to leave before they had received the Holy Spirit. Are there any other wives or perhaps husbands out there that um, often have to say to their husband or wife, don't leave the house without your lunch? Um, you'd think after six years of going to work and taking leftovers from the fridge or freezer that I wouldn't have to remind Brendan of this, but I often go to the fridge after he's left and he's left his lunch here again. And to me, it's just, I don't understand how you can do that, like, even, I know I'm pregnant, I'm hungry all the time, but before that, you know, I was still the sort of person who I kind of lived my life thinking about when am I going to eat next because I get hungry, I, I eat snacks and I don't eat huge meals, but I eat lots of little things. So the idea of not, have, not remembering to bring your lunch, just I don't understand. <laughs> um, but, you know, I see that it's an important sustenance for the day and it's something I see as important and I know that I get hangry if I don't eat as well, so... Um, I think that's similar to God knew how important that the Holy Spirit was, that they waited for the Holy Spirit, for the power to come on his disciples before they went out to be a witness. He knew they needed the sustenance of the Holy Spirit. So why? And how does the Holy Spirit help us to be a witness for Jesus? Well, let's look at what a witness is. So in a legal setting, it means someone who can give a first-hand account of something they've seen, heard or experienced. 
It's someone who can represent or speak to something they have experienced firsthand. So Jesus asked that we do this for him. So today I've got four things that the power of the Holy Spirit does to help us in soul winning what we can, and what we can do in that to power up. So number one, the power of the Holy Spirit is necessary for knowledge and understanding of God's word. So if we're to give an account and represent God, we need to know and understand his word. John 14, 26 says, But when the Father sorry, when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. The spiritual truth of God's word can only be understood by spiritual revelation. You know, does anyone ever read the Bible or a Bible plan just so that you can kind of tick off that you've done it that day, especially with the um, the Bible, the version Bible app. You know, you do a Bible plan. It's got something for you to do each day. You wake up in the morning, yeah, better do that. Okay, read that, tick, done, off you go. What did you get out of it? I don't know. I just read it. At least I've done it. Um, it's like... I think it's like um, two-minute noodles versus a home-cooked meal. So you've eaten something, you know, you've had your two-minute noodles, you've eaten something, yep, you did it, it didn't take long, but what did you really get out of it other than carbs and MSG? <laughs> if you're going to cook, especially the way I do, it actually starts with the plan and you've decided what you're going to make, when you're going to have it. Um, you take the time to cut up the vegetables, the meat, whatever it is, heat up the oven, get the frying pan ready, cook it to perfection, spice, salted, what, and, and you, then you get to eat it and you enjoy the flavours and uh, your body gets to enjoy the nutrients from it too, which you didn't have in those two-minute noodles. So when we read the Word, we need to have a plan, make a time, pray before we start, invite the Holy Spirit to be with you as you read and show you what you need to get from it. Meditate on it, which means spend time thinking about it. You get so much more out of it than just ticking off, I've done that for today. And then we've got the Holy Spirit helping us, helping teach us, and also later on reminding us, prompting us of what we, what we now know about God's Word. Has anyone ever heard the saying, it's one of my mum's favourites, to know and not to do is really not to know. You know, when we've got to really know and have a revelation of God's Word. Not just know it in our heads, not just have read something. My dad, our pastor, he grew up in the Catholic Church and he knew how to recite the Lord's Prayer and Hail Mary so quickly that if he went to confession and, you know, he had to say however many Our Fathers, he'd race through it as quick as possible to get it done. So he'd paid his penance or whatever. He didn't know the meaning of those words. They didn't mean anything to him. But years later when he came into a relationship with God and had the Holy Spirit inside of him, he realised what, powerful, what powerful words there were that he was saying. The power of the Holy Spirit brings knowledge and understanding of God's word. Number two, the power of the Holy Spirit transforms us to be more like Christ. So as a witness, we need to be an example to others. Matthew 5, 13 to 15 and this is the message version, says, Let me tell you why you are here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavours of this earth. 
If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colours in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house, be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. You know, this paints a picture of how we represent Christ. Living our lives so that others see Jesus is essential. So if we're only telling people about God, and that is an important part of it, obviously, but not showing them a glimpse of him within ourselves, then it can just be empty words. Galatians 5:22 to 25 says, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to the cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. One of the best illustrations I've ever heard of um, this verse is Brendan's message when he <laughs> preached about how fruity are you. I don't know if you guys remember he brought in a lemon tree and um, another pot that had this just stick branch in there. And he talked about if we're trying in our own strength to be joyful, to be patient, to be peaceful, to have these fruits of the Spirit, it's like just grabbing a lemon, sticking it on the branch and going, look, see how fruity I am? As opposed to having the Holy Spirit as like a tree inside of us that we need to tend to with water and sunlight, good soil. I can't remember if that was all of the things. That's good. So that was like prayer and reading the Word, being in God's presence, coming to church, that's how we get the Holy Spirit in us and he produces those fruit in our lives. So if we're allowing the, Spirit, the Holy Spirit to transform us by producing this kind of fruit, if we're following his leading, we're going to be attractive to people. Does anyone remember the Kellogg, Kellogg's Just Right commercial, that I'll have what she's having? It was actually, um, I think, based on a scene from Harry Met Sally, but I won't go there because if you know what I'm talking about, good. If you don't, never mind. I'll stick with the cereal example. Um, but the woman orders what sounds like a really complicated cereal order. The waitress just writes down Kellogg's just right, brings it out to her. She starts to eat. She's going, mmm, mmm. The lady next to the table next to her orders and says, I'll have what she's having. You know, she sees this woman enjoying her delicious cereal and she wants to experience the same thing. When people see God in you, they don't necessarily realise it's God, but they see something different and they want that for them. They want that joy. They want to be patient. They wish they had your self-control. Pastor Vicky's had friends in her life that have come to her and said, I feel weird saying Pastor Vicky because mum as well. But she had friends in her life that come to her and say, I want what you've got. You know, she's told them about God and Jesus and led them to salvation. What we have on us with the Holy Spirit, what he does in us, produces that fruit, changes us. It, it attracts people. It brings people to us. The power of the Holy Spirit transforms us to be more like Christ and helps us show him to others. Number three, 
The power of the Holy Spirit makes us bold. Romans 5.5 says, For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. So as God heart, God, sorry, as God's love fills our hearts, the fear of what others might think or say is replaced with confidence and love. Pope Francis said, The Holy Spirit transforms and renews us, creates harmony and unity, and gives us courage and joy for our mission. So I may sound like a broken record, but as with the Holy Spirit giving us knowledge and understanding of God's word and transforming us to be more like Christ, the Holy Spirit's boldness also comes with spending time with him in prayer, in worship. The Bible tells us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And this is a continual action. In the weeks leading up to this message, I really challenged myself to put into practice this idea of being filled with the Holy Spirit to help me to be a witness. So I mentioned earlier how much I struggle at work, sometimes to even share about how much church is a part of my life, let alone about who God is and what he's done. So every morning over the past couple of weeks, I spent time in prayer and specifically asked for the Holy Spirit's help. I guess I kind of expected (laughs) that I might have something every day and by the end of the week I'd preach the gospel to everybody at work. It didn't quite happen like that, but I took a step towards being bolder. So my new co-worker asked me one Wednesday if we'd had our usual Tuesday work uh, walk the, night, the day before, which we hadn't because we'd been over at the ministry centre, the whole family, um, getting things ready. And I explained to her, no, that we didn't, and told her all about the ministry centre and our church and what we were doing over there, that, that Dad and Ben were over there building a bench for the coffee because we were going to move our cafe over there and kids was over there. And I told her all about it, blah, blah, blah. You know what she said? Oh, your dad and brother into carpentry. (laughs) Didn't ask a single other thing about the church, about the ministry centre, no interest whatsoever. But I still felt like I'd taken that step to be bold, to not just go, oh, no, we didn't walk last night. Not, you know, I told her all about it. Um, So that's just, you know, an example of how I just seem to encounter these people who aren't interested. (laughs) But, you know, it's a step forward and um, nothing much happened since then, but um, I'm going to keep doing this and keep, um, you know, being in the Holy Spirit and asking for his help in this for the next couple of months before I'm then on maternity leave. (laughs) Um, So let's have a look again at Acts 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witness, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So this was a big task that Jesus asked of his disciples and asked of us, you know, to be a witness not just in our world around us, but to the ends of the earth. I mentioned earlier how strong Jesus was about making sure the disciples waited for the Holy Spirit before they left Jerusalem. He knew the importance of the power of the Holy Spirit and the boldness that it would give them in their mission. (laughs) <laughs> the, um, the disciples were to face persecution. They were put in jail. They cast out demons. They prayed for people's healings. They had to be pretty bold to go and do all of that. If you think about the disciples and some of the stupid things they did and said when Jesus was with them, I mean, sometimes you're just like, don't you get it, guys? 
Like they didn't, they didn't understand what Jesus was there to do. They didn't get that, what he was going to do for them. Um, you know, Peter denied knowing Jesus three times when, he was, when Jesus was taken to be crucified. But then later in Acts 4, you read about him being bold and filled with the Holy Spirit and in speaking up to some priests who were questioning him. And he had a strong conviction and a clear understanding of Jesus' power and what Jesus had done. So the Holy Spirit, the power that, that they had received from that, completely changed who they were, gave them boldness and courage. So the power of the Holy Spirit gives us the boldness and courage that we need to be a witness. Number four, last one, the power of the Holy Spirit works in people's hearts. So numbers one to three have been about us being filled with the Holy Spirit and the power and changes that come to us through him. But this one is a reminder for you even further that it's not all up to you, which is a relief for me <laughs> because being a witness to God, for God, sorry, is not about me having to try really hard to do things. It's not about you having to try really hard to, to, to be good, to be a good example, to be bold. I'm not bold, if I'm honest. <laughs> but the Holy Spirit is our helper in all of these things. That's why Jesus sent him, why God sent him. So you can't convict or convince anyone of Jesus but the Holy Spirit can. Have you ever heard the saying, a man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still? You know, arguing or stating the facts about God and Jesus, even if it's sharing about his love or the great things he's done, it's not about trying to convince someone's mind. You know, they need a change of heart. And that's something only God can do, which is why the Holy Spirit's role is pivotal. You know, you can't necessarily know everything that's going on in someone's life or mind, but the Holy Spirit does. And if you're tuned in to him, he can prompt you with the words to say. You can't save anyone, but the Holy Spirit can. So do you want to be a witness? You might say, but I stammer. That's okay. The Holy Spirit doesn't stammer. He can speak clearly through your halting words. But I'm too shy to be a witness. Don't worry about your shyness. Let God speak through you. I'm not good enough. Well, none of us are, that's the point. But the Holy Spirit can produce good fruit in your life. I don't know enough Bible. No one knows enough of the Bible. Work at it. While you work at it, tell what you know and leave the results with God. What if I make mistakes? You probably will. And that's okay too. The Holy Spirit doesn't make mistakes. Sometimes he can even cause people to forget your mistakes. So since the Holy Spirit plays such a key role in bringing a, a person to salvation, we have to rely on his help. How can we do this? Pray. Pray for the people we're reaching out to. God's desire is that none should perish. Of course, he wants to be involved, by the way, of the Holy Spirit in us reaching out to others. So those four things. One, what do we need to do? We need to spend time in prayer with the Holy Spirit when reaching Sorry, when reading, and when reading God's word to allow him to give you a knowledge and understanding of God's word. Two, spend time in prayer and with the Holy Spirit to transform you and produce good fruit in your life.
But number three, we need to spend time in prayer and with the Holy Spirit to receive his power and boldness to be a witness. Are you seeing a pattern? Spend time, number four, spend time in prayer for those who you are witnessing to so that the Holy Spirit will work in their hearts as you reach out to them. We receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, so we need to spend time waiting for him. I want to practice that today. It's something we can do every day like I've been doing. In the morning, before you head off to work, whatever it is, whenever works for you, plan ahead. But spend time with God. Spend time waiting on the Holy Spirit. Why don't you stand? As I said, I just want to practice that. Spend some time right now seeking the Holy Spirit about those four things that I've talked about today. Seeking His power so that we can know God's Word, so that we can so that he can transform us, so we can have his boldness and pray for those people that we're reaching out to. So just as Jordan plays, let's just just take time, just wait. I just want to pray that verse that Acts 1-8 over us right now. Thank you, Lord. You send your Holy Spirit and we will receive power when he comes upon us so we can be witnesses to you, God, throughout the earth. Thank you, Lord. Amen.